if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, are you a big sauce person? Heinz just released 50 collectible sauce packets, <laughs> one for each of the 50 states. It's called Sauce America. Think tartar sauce with Maryland crab cakes, which I just thought you just used Old Bay and not tartar sauce. Nobody puts tartar Um, sauce. Not anybody from Maryland, anyway. Yellow mustard with Illinois, Chicago hot dogs. Second, a staple of Southern cuisine could be the secret to living longer. Talking about butter beans. There's more protein in them than chickpeas. And if you use them to make hummus, it's a lot creamier. I love those. They're so good. Do you love butter beans? It's one of my favorites. I need to start adding it to my diet more because they're so good for you. And the secret to living longer, I'm in. (laughs) And uh, finally, in the world of food, what would you say is one of the best food sounds? Best food sounds. Uh, Maybe uh, slicing a big loaf of crusty bread. Ooh, that made the list. Yeah. You know what my favorite sound is? What? We have one of those dome popcorn pay- poppers it's called Stir Crazy. Mm-hmm. And you put the coconut oil in there and the kernels and that sound of the kernels pouring in and then the, yeah, when the popcorn. I love uh, that sound. Uh, let's see. People love the sound of biting into a crisp apple. Like you said, Kev, slicing a loaf of crusty bread. But the number one best food sound in the universe the sound of bacon sizzling. Ooh, good one. Yes. You know what went from my childhood sound? I'll never forget this. My mom would always forget the garlic. She put garlic bread in the broiler underneath the oven. You remember those? I don't know if people still have those. It was like a drawer under the oven. Hmm. She'd put the garlic bread in there and she'd forget it and the smoke alarm would go off. <laughs> now that's a that's sound. A, that's a food oriented <laughs> sound I'll never forget. And standing under that thing with a magazine fanning it until it went off, right? <laughs> And the realization, we're not having garlic bread. (laughs) Okay, be super honest. Coming up, are there certain things people do that make you secretly judge them? You can be honest. Are there certain people, uh, things that they do that make you secretly judge them? Hmm. People are giving brutally honest responses, admitting what bugs them. Coming in at number one, the attention seekers on Facebook That posts things like a hospital wristband or a caption like, boy, that was crazy. And then they never give you any details. I call it vague booking. Um, The second thing that we're secretly judging people that's driving us crazy, um, giving a sentimental gift to someone and then recording their emotional response. Even with permission, they say it feels like it takes away from the genuine gesture. Uh, Parents let their kids roam around and destroy things in stores or restaurants. And finally, People who cry in front of the camera and post it on social media. Hmm. Well, it's interesting. Four out of the five are social media related. Yeah. That's what people are. It says where, secretly where is judging our, people. But where is our focus? It's on social media because stuff like uh, in the real world isn't isn't bugging us. What's yours? What are you secretly secretly judging? Secretly judging people for? Yeah. Oh man, I have one. I have one totally I have to came think to mind. About it. I'll admit it. Um, it's when people park in the fire lane at the grocery store. Because whoever's with them, oh, they're just running in for one thing. Yeah, so uh, so am I, and so is everyone else. But if there's a fire. They parked, right? (laughs) That's why the fire lane is there. Oh, well, there's no fire. But that's what it's for, in case there is, right? That's Mm -hmm. all it bugs me. Yeah. Bugs me to no end. (laughs) So we're not supposed to judge, right? I mean, Jesus told us that. Judge not, let, let you be judged. So instead of saying, like, what do we secretly judge? What secretly irritates us? <laughs> <laughs> Put the politically correct term on that? it. So I already shared mine. Taylor, will you share yours? 
Yeah. In a minute? Okay. I will. All right. Something that secretly not, irritates Taylor. I'm not Taylor. proud of it. We want to hear from you, Taylor. What is it that uh, secretly irritates yeah. you? Yeah. And um, Kevin knows this about me because he has to hear it sometimes. Okay. Well, what is it? What and is so, it? Uh, yeah, it's. Um, when I mail a gift, especially to one of my nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and you literally hear nothing. So you're like, did they get it? Oh, you're ghosted on Do a they thank even you know, or whatever? Like, did it arrive? And I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be asking Glenn, hey, did did that check clear? It'll go, oh, yeah, I cleared. And so then I know, okay, good. So-and-so got their birthday gift from me. So when someone um, doesn't acknowledge a gift, you get upset. Yeah, because like the other day I sent a just because gift to my niece, Ava, Mm -hmm. and it was so sweet. She sent me a picture of it and just said, thank you. And Mm. like, it's like, oh, cool. She got it. Um, So, yeah, I do like to know people got it. I'm not looking for like this big like, oh, my gosh, this is the best gift in the whole world or anything. Just I'd like to know it arrived Mm. other than having asked my husband if the check cleared, (laughs) which I have done many times, especially with one particular niece or nephew. And I have 11 of them, so I'm not outing any one of them. It's just, yeah. And you are really good at at sending a thank you note. Taylor said, no. Oh, yes, you are. I've seen you do it. I have a whole pile of, get this. I have, okay, my birthday was May 27th. Mm -hmm. I addressed everyone, put a stamp on it, wrote Mm -hmm. the return address, haven't written one yet. It's so embarrassing. You do know that that is way further along than 99% of the population is, right? <laughs> Taylor sends thank you notes for thank you notes. I'm not kidding. She really does. <laughs> My mama taught me that. She does the same thing. Thank you for your thank you note. <laughs> no, she doesn't do a thank you for thank you note. She just does written thank you notes. Okay, so picture this. You had a really awful, horrible day. And you want to pop on a TV show or a movie that's sure to put you in a good mood and lift your spirits. Um, After all, close to half of people in a recent survey admitted they can't watch heavy or stressful shows unless they're in the right mood. Mm, I've totally done that. Oh, my wife is like that. I'm like, I'm not prepared for that right now. I can't handle this tonight. I I just need something silly. I need something stupid to make me laugh. So the top three TV shows that people said helped them turn their day from bad to good, Mm -hmm. according to a new survey... Modern Family, Friends, and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hmm. Oh, Gilmore Gil- Girls made the list, too. On the flip side, shows that stress us out the most include Breaking Bad, Grey's Anatomy, and Ozark. And I don't know what this says about me, but I have never seen either all three of those shows. Here's the show that will put you in a good, I can handle it. a good mood. In spite of yourself, it will make you smile no matter what. America's Funniest Videos. You watch that show and you will be cracking up in spite of yourself, right? The only, you know what? There's only one category of videos that my wife and I don't like, and that's the ones where you don't know if the person really got hurt. Like they'll show them, like I don't know, the driveway's oh, covered, yeah, covered like in ice, and they're like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! And this is what's so cute about you and Tracy. Don't you watch it live every week? No, well, we we TiVo it. Oh, okay. I thought you were still watching it live. But no, we watch it like when it comes on, we'll TiVo it and we'll start watching it like 15 minutes later. That's so cute. Because we just want to be able to fast forward through stuff we don't want to see. It's adorable. It's like, it's your generation's Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) Right. Five minutes to Funniest Home Videos. Five minutes to Funniest Home Videos. kids will be like, you know, all that stuff is, you could just watch YouTube or... 
<laughs> Reels or Instagram or whatever. Uh-huh. All of those videos are there already. And we're like, yeah, but they've done all the hard work for us. <laughs> the funniest ones. These are, did you get the name of the show? America's Funniest. <laughs> so you got to watch the ones that aren't so funny. We just watch the, the greatest hits. Don't you just love those people in your life that make the world a more beautiful place? This lady has the coolest name. Her name is Tosh Fructo. <laughs> Fructo. And she came up with a brilliant way to transform a very drab city. She volunteered in her hometown of Gloucester, England, to paint people's boring brown homes in vibrant colors for free. And adding color and creativity can completely change the aesthetic of the street and the lives of the people living there. No, not only did it lift people's spirits, but there was another side benefit. It upped people's home values by like 30%. Hmm. And people say she transformed their street into a work of art. Don't they call them, uh, isn't it like Gloucester? Yeah, I wasn't saying it right, was I? I don't know. I, I, that's why I said. I, I she don't know. said it with this, such a Glau- Glau- beautiful Glau- British accent that I, I played it like three times. I'm like, how is she saying that? I no. think that's how you said it, which which must make Americans sound very funny when we go over there. Hey, where's Gloucester? Yeah. <laughs> you mean Gloucester? <laughs> no, read it. It's spelled Gloucester. <laughs> you should see these streets. I They are so beautiful, yeah. so vibrant. Sounds cool. Coming up, living proof that it's never too late to turn your life around. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good Cynthia lives in Phoenix, and she spent more than half of her life addicted to drugs. Hmm. But she's living proof that it's never too late to turn your life around. Now she's clean, and she's created Nickel City Baby Clothing Store. She decided to pay it forward, and she started putting 55 cents of every purchase towards helping clothe other women who are getting out of prison, battered homes, and starting their sober life. Hmm. All absolutely free it's the best thing in the world for someone to have came in your store the day they got out of prison and got enough courage to come back with their paycheck she also has personal hygiene items for any woman that comes looking for health so even though it's called nickel city baby clothing store it's for women it's it's adult clothing and she's just trying to pay it forward good for her wow what a great story did you go to summer camp when you were a kid Tis the season, right? And wait till you hear about some of the camps that kids are going to these days. We'll talk about it next. So you either have a great summer camp memory or no camp memory or or like me, a not so great summer camp memory. <laughs> no which I can tell you about that another time. But uh, the coolest thing happened the other day. My friend Luna, she's 10. She had just spent the weekend with me and we had gone to the pool. We had so much fun. We went to a baseball game. And she started a brand new camp, a uh, a nature camp is what okay. they called it. And she had to FaceTime me the minute her mom picked her up from camp. And she's like, she calls me Anna Taylor, which makes my heart melt. She's like, Anna Taylor, guess what I did today? And I was like, what? She goes, I touched a tarantula. Ugh. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're so brave. I can't oh. believe it. I couldn't do it. Wait, and we paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. But I was, I was, I'm wondering what kind of summer camp your kids are going to, because like, this is a nature camp. Mm-hmm. Learn all about the, you know, like birds and tarantulas and nature and stuff. A uh, friend of mine, her son is five. I'm not making this up. He's going to. 
pickleball camp. <laughs> of course. I had no idea. It can fill a whole day with pickleball, yeah. huh? Wow. All right, we'd love to hear from you. What kind of camp your kids go into? Anything fun, interesting? So we're talking about summer camp experiences. And I just saw uh, a camp where my daughters went, finished their first two-week sessions. They're and finishing their first session did your one daughter become today. a counselor? Yeah. And so that's what I was going to tell the story. My daughter became a camp counselor. And um, one time she told a story. She wasn't working at that camp. It was a different one. And they went um, hiking. And part of this hike, they had to go through caves. And the caves, got it got so small, you had to like belly crawl through Ooh. this one area. Ooh, I don't like that. And, and the girls didn't want to go. And my daughter's like, come on. We're, we're not going to turn around and go back. We're, we're, we'll get through this. And we're like, a, you were almost back to the entrance. But we go back. We're in for like another three or four hours. Now, you know, put on your big girl panties and let's go. So they did it and they got on with it. And my wife, as she's telling the story, my wife goes, who was the adult? Who was supervising? <laughs> my daughter's like, I was. I'm the counselor. I had it. I knew they could do it. That is an awesome story of how moms like always view you as a kid, right. no matter what. Right. She's like, I love that story. I was the adult mom. I was in charge. Thank you. And guess who drove the bus back to the camp after that? I did. <laughs> Hey, did you hear about the seven dads, all friends, who decided to surprise their kids at a school recital? They secretly rehearsed a dance and performed it on stage, and the kids loved it. They nicknamed themselves the Out of Puff Daddies. (laughs) Now their group has grown to 15 men who are mechanics, chefs, teachers, and more. They meet once a week to create content, and they now have over 200,000 followers on TikTok. And it's really been good for them emotionally as well. One of the things about dancing is when you're doing the same thing at the same time, there's a there's a connection where you kind of sync up. We've built this culture within us that the moment anyone's got any kind of struggles, they just verbalize it. And yeah, it's very, very beautiful like that. They said it really helped get them through the pandemic and the loneliness by having mm. this dance troupe. And now they go around and perform and try to promote mental health in dads. And I'm sure you're wondering if the kids are embarrassed by their dads being part of the out of puff daddies. Uh, They actually think it's kind of (laughs) cool. There's a few eye rolls, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would say it's probably a mix (laughs) of the two. My wife and I, we have four kids and we are not strangers to when your kid does something pretty cool. You go, that's my boy. Chip off the old block. And when they do something not so great, you're like, well, pfft, man, he takes after your side of the family. We're going we're to talk about that next. So every parent does this when their kid does something cool. They're like, oh, chip off the old block. I mean, I do it all the time. Like my son, Kyle, who I'm going to talk about right now with his musical ability. I'm like, oh, he totally gets that from me. Like when he's had his great moments, like on the ball field or basketball court when he was a kid. I'm like, oh, yeah, he totally, totally gets that from me. And parents, they do that all the time. And if something, if they do something like, I don't know, not that Kyle would do this, but I don't know. You see your kid picking your nose. You're like, oh my gosh, that's your side of the family. You you just do that. So, but Kyle did something uh, yesterday and right when he did it, he's like, you're going to talk about this on the show, aren't you? I was like, you know it. Um, We were at, at one of the big box discount stores at Costco and we're checking out and I don't know how he's gone his entire, who is this many days or years old yesterday when he found out. They have $1.50 hot dogs. <laughs> and he thought that was the greatest thing ever. And he, he got a, a hot dog and a soft drink. And we're waiting for him to get it. And he comes in. He says they have little picnic tables inside. You can sit down. He goes, he goes can you believe? I got both of you. $1.63 total. 
for both of these. Can you? He talked about that for the next 45 minutes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> He's turning into a middle-aged man already. He even already. Googled, like, how do they sell this stuff so cheap? <laughs> found an article where, like, the... The founder found out that the new CEO was going to raise the prices and he threatened his like life if he did. Yeah, they're committed to keeping it. I've never but, had it. I've never had a Costco hot but dog. But my wife was like, okay, that is a chip off the old block moment. He is your son. Yeah, because he can't stop talking <laughs> he can't, about can't it. can't stop talking about the $1.50 hot dog and Coke that he got at Costco. As it's, It was a life-changing moment for him. It's like a light bulb went off, angels sang, and he's like, I'm going to go there all the time now. Does he have a membership? Because he's yes. moving away from you guys. Yes, he has. A, that's why we were there, because ah. he got some kind of points thing with his health care. He got a free membership. There we go. So he's like, I'm going to go all the time. Did you see how cheap? the coffee is i mean if they're gonna know my name at the costco in my neighborhood so that's so funny chip off the old block there he found a bargain and he's gonna tell the world you know that thing we're all supposed to do bear each other's burdens mm-hmm. some people are really good at it and we're gonna talk about that next so i don't know about you but there are some people in my life who are so good at that thing we're supposed to do i think it's in galatians and it's uh bear each other's burdens And um, I had a really tough day the other day. It was my first Father's Day without my dad. And um, you combine that with the fact that my husband, Glenn, desperately wanted to be a dad. That was our dream, to be biological parents. Um, It was just a really hard day. And so many people stepped into our lives and reached out to us. A couple things happened. First, I would get texts from friends, like, leading up to Father's Day saying, Hey, I just want you to know I'm going to be praying for you this weekend. And usually it was someone who had already lost their dad and they knew it was going to be a tough Father's Day. And I would reach back and say, thank you so much. I'm going to be praying for you, too. I know you miss your dad as well. And um, and then I also had a, a friend who had us over for kind of a like a under the guise of a belated birthday dinner for me. And um, made a delicious meal, my friend Heidi, and she's such a good cook and such a good host. And the tablescape was beautiful. There was flowers and napkins and candles. And um, I noticed there was a little packet of um, matches on the table. And she said, hey, I did not light the candles before you guys got here because I thought you might want to light the candles in honor of your dad. And I was just so touched by that. I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And then on actual Father's Day, my sister and brother-in-law, my you know, he's a dad. They let they invited us to join them mm. in their Father's Day dinner. And it would it just was so great to be with family. And we talked about my dad and we talked about Ted being it was just it just was such a great distraction and felt so loved and so cared for. So for those of you that are so good at bearing each other's burdens. Thank you so much and keep it up. You're making a difference. I think one thing that made uh, going through my very first Father's Day without my dad, he passed away in January. uh, One thing that made it a little bit easier was um, our little group text we have as a family called Mom and Sisters. I've got four sisters. And um, I dug out some old videos of my dad laughing. And it was so great to see him so happy. He had the best laugh. And he, it was significant because even though his body was wrecked with MS, like by the end, he was kind of like a quadriplegic. He still had his laughter 
And um, I have this awesome video of him trying to blow out birthday candles and he just cannot get it. And it just cracks him Mm -hmm. up so hard. And then my sister, Sarah, shared with all of us, she found a recipe that dad had typed up for her. And we think it's probably one of the last things he ever typed before he lost his dexterity in his fingers. Mm. And he didn't just type the recipe. He put all these funny dad comments in it, like (laughs) had his own commentary. And it was such a treasure to see that on Father's Day and just remember his sense of humor, despite what he was going through with his health struggles. Do you remember when you were a little boy or little girl and it was such a big deal if your family spent the night in a hotel room? It was just like, wow. I can remember taking my kids to do that and they were just, but we could have been staying in like the sketchiest of sketchy places and they'd be like, this is so nice. I remember being like, there's a pool or wow, there's an ice machine on every floor. That's so cool. We have our own door. This is so cool. Well, um, my cousin Jason, we ran into him at a baseball game recently. He's a photographer and he starts telling us that they took the kids on a little mini family getaway. His wife is a teacher, so she's off for the summer and Mm -hmm. their kids got to stay in a hotel for, I think, probably the first time in their lives. Because, you know, usually they go see grandma and grandpa and okay. stuff like that on trips. Well, his little son, Henry, is only five. He just graduated from preschool and he's headed off to kindergarten. And they're sitting in the hotel room after a busy day of festivities. And he's like, Daddy, what's that? And he's like, what do you mean, Henry? What are you, what are you talking about? He's that. What's that, Daddy. And he looks over and he goes, that's a phone. (laughs) And his son had never seen a landline telephone in his entire life until they got to the hotel room. Isn't that so funny? It's like a relic now. (laughs) Right. It's crazy. (laughs) He'd pick it up to talk. But I can't. You mean I have to stay here to talk on it? <laughs> yeah. I can't move around? What How if, do I dial it? What if we have to drive somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just have to hang up. That's just silly. Such a funny moment. <laughs> can't wait to check in with our producer Griffin in a minute, Kev, because apparently he had one of those geek out moments that we all do huh. <laughs> from time to time in okay. life. He'll, find, he'll tell us uh, what happened in just a minute. So, Griff, uh, we all have those geek out moments from time to time, you know, where if we meet someone famous or something like that. And you had a geek out That's, moment. recently. I was going to guess like your geek out moment. You had to have met either a baseball player or one of your radio heroes. Well, one, one of the one of the two. You're kind of on the same tr- on the right track. Okay. Um, I have a geeky thing that I'm into. I'm into sports media. So, like, I listen to these podcasts and read these articles, and they talk about the comings and goings of, like, the people who work at ESPN and, you know, new shows that are going to come on. And, like, they cover all this stuff about sports media. And I listen to this podcast about it. Well, the podcast gave me a shout out because I sent in a clip about something. No way. Yes. And they mentioned me on their podcast. It was That's pretty so cool. cool. I have a clip of it. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Griff getting his big shout out. Call of the week. All right. The first one, there is this guy with the Twitter handle Griff, and he, he sent forward a, a nomination of a players only telecast uh, with the Atlanta Braves. And then it goes on and on. But yeah, <laughs> That's they, so cool. <laughs> I sent them some stuff and they used it on the air. And okay. We need to reel this in for a minute. You do. You are on the radio right now in over 100 
markets. I know. <laughs> Millions of people listening to you right now. Right. Way more people than listen to this but podcast. But you geek out over these guys who have a podcast with like a thousand subscribers. Yeah, if that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's cool. It was different, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, it reminds me of that time. Remember you took a picture of the snow in the dark and the this light was shining on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it got retweeted like a bazillion times. I think it was and on NBC were, News. And you were geeking out then, yeah, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got to tell you, that's bizarre. <laughs> that's why he brought this up, because yeah. of the irony of it. That is so bizarre. <laughs> I'm famous now. No, now, now. Now you are. Okay. All right. Kev, I know you drink coffee more than anyone I've ever met. Um, mm. Do you have a cutoff time in the afternoon? Mm, usually no, but when I don't, I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a heads up for you that if you need that afternoon, pick me up, but you don't want the caffeine to keep you up that night. Got mm -hmm. a trick for you next. I know a lot of people, uh, they rely on that cup of joe in the afternoon to get through the day. It's yeah. like that afternoon slump. And you're Guilty. Just like, That's me. Oh, I'm so tired. I need some coffee. And so um, if you're worried about like, wow, it's already like 4, 4.30. My cutoff time is 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. But I really need something. I'm, I'm so sleepy. I, I need to pick me up. If you want something that won't affect your sleep later last night, later that night, um, according to an expert who wrote a book called The Sleep Prescription, mm -hmm. skip the coffee, stick your head in the freezer. <laughs> they say it really works. <laughs> He's a neuroscientist. Uh -huh. And he said it's a great hack, especially later in the day. It wakes you up by acti activating your arousal system, but it won't keep you up night like an afternoon cup of coffee can. And it's like a brief shock of this cold activates your brain and it gets you like refocused and ready to go back to your desk and got it. I wonder if that's why, like I've done this before to like run the faucet and get some cold water going, just splash your face with it. Yeah, and that way you up is the same thing. Very similar. And you won't look like a freaky weirdo shoving your head in the freezer. Right. So I think I'm totally going to try it. Hey, it saves the company money. I'm not getting into the stash of coffee. I have a good story of having coffee way too late the other day. We'll talk about that next. So we're talking about uh, being caffeinated. We are a highly caffeinated nation, right? And when we're done with the coffee, we move on to energy drinks. It's totally me. I'm absolutely guilty. Well, the other night, uh, it was a weekend, and my wife said, hey, let's stay up and finish that series we've been watching. And we had like a, it was, the last episode of this series was like an hour and a half long. It was already like 8 30, 9 o'clock. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a cup of coffee then. She said, okay. So I wound up Whoa, having at nine o'clock yeah, yeah. at night. I wound up having a cup and a half and I look over, it's almost over, and I look over where she's sitting in this big, like lazy boy chair. I look over to her, she's sound asleep. <laughs> so now you gotta rewatch yeah, it with her. It, yeah, but well, I woke her up and she's like, Oh no, I didn't miss anything. And she verbalized that she was she was pretty much caught up to where we were and she was up for the rest of it. But the problem is we went to bed right after that. And I don't have a problem falling asleep if I'm highly caffeinated. It's staying asleep Ooh, because I'm I'm usually a very deep sleeper. But if I have a lot of coffee right before I go to bed, very light sleeper and I'm miserable. Only Kevin Avery would have coffee at nine o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, there's no because I'd be up all night. Well, the implication that she gave was we're going to watch this and then stay up for a while after that. 
which is w- way later than I normally stay up. So I was like, all right, I'll have some coffee. I'll be good to go. But all it did was keep me from sleeping soundly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing nice. I accomplished.